Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of the Green the Web podcast, which will be a little bit different from any of the other ones. It will get quite personal today. And I'm your host, Sandy Dehnert, a UX UI designer with a great passion for ecologically and socially sustainable design. And as many of you asked me lately of how I got into sustainable design in specific or UX UI design in general, I want to bring you along with me on what my journey looked like, like my personal background story, my love for people, my love for planet, and also my love for hammocks. <laughs> And I will uh, go through the questions of what is my background, what did I study and how did I end up in UX UI design, why I quit my job to volunteer in Central America, why I afterwards wouldn't want to go back into a so-called regular permanent job, how I coincidentally got to be a freelancer, how a meetup was my turning point into sustainable web design and how my design work changed with the new sustainability mindset that I got from that. Let's start. I hope hearing about one of the stories, one of the journeys of one of the sustainable designers out there might help you knowing who am I as a host of this podcast, who am I of find, uh, finding a way for Green the Web as an initiative, a resource spot, or of just seeing how one journey can look like. And I know there's plenty of them out there and each journey looks very differently. And I'd love to hear yours afterwards as well. So please get in touch and let me know what's your um, path has been and how it looked like and I just want to get rid of the stigma that a career has to look like a certain path or way or journey. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that. So the first question is about my background in general, what I studied and how I ended up in UX UI design. So I studied media and communications in a dual system. So I did work three months at a company and three months studying and that vice versa and doing three months, three months and that for three years. That was very interesting. And I definitely did have a lot of hands-on experience already in working for a company at the same time as studying. And I was always already fascinated by the web and everything that was digital and I definitely knew that will be my path going towards it but I didn't really know what to do with it and there was one seminar in my studies that came in I think in the last year or even last half of half year of the studies in total that was about um, UX research <laughs> and <laughs> That where everything clicked for me. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is what I want to do forever. Um, really trying to figure out how people think and the whole psychology part of, 
oh, there's reasons why we do certain things in web design and UX design and information architecture and stuff like that. And I was like, definitely this is where I want to be and where I want to go to. So I did think about what's my next step and I started immediately after graduating uh, with the bachelor. I did start a, I think it was an internship or a trainee at the beginning at an agency that was 2012. So right now, actually, that's 10 years ago. <laughs> okay, it seems like I'm very old. But uh, yeah, that's 10 years ago that I started my really UX professional career as a trainee or internship. Don't remember that very clearly anymore. And I had brilliant male and female supervisors that gave me a lot of opportunities to work for various projects, various topics and purposes to really testing and trying out what I want to do and how I like, where do I feel comfortable in working? And I did have projects for big telecommunication companies, for food, for insurance, for banking, even worked in Switzerland for a couple of weeks. It was very interesting and very like eye-opening for me as well. And I did have mostly big projects with a lot of complexity and logic behind them and really fell in love with it, like really this application design and user research, definitely user research, whether that is usability testing or any other kind of empathy method. And yeah, this more human-centered design <laughs> that I definitely love um, getting my head around and the psychology of it all in the background. Really figuring out why this person behaves the way it behaves and why certain things work and why certain things don't work. So that is how I ended up in UX UI in general and it was very easy for me and I know that it can be very hard especially these days I didn't have to have any kind of put portfolio ready or ready before entering my internship or trainee and I know these days it can be a bit tougher. <laughs> um, so I guess I was quite lucky in getting this job and getting an easy entrance to the UXI design world that we are in. So the next question is why then did I quit my job? <laughs> and that was because I, well, I worked there for about three years and I knew I wanted to work abroad as well. And in the beginning, it was supposed to be with this agency and it just didn't happen. It was never the right timing. It was a global agency and it did not fit. It was not possible. There were mergers in this agency with other agencies and it was just never happening. So I looked around and I discovered, well, if I go abroad, then why not checking if I could work for an NGO work for social business, work for something that has a purpose and much more meaning than just money. <laughs> so I did. I did look around and I did have various, like a couple of different approaches of finding a volunteer position as a UX 
designer actually that's what I wanted to do abroad as well and in the end I had this uh, I found this volunteering position for an NGO in Nicaragua and we had a Skype chat and I immediately knew that is what I want to do like there was no question about it whatsoever if that's the right choice if that's the right path for me to go but I knew it I knew it from the core of my bones that this is what I want to do so it actually didn't take that long uh, I think it was from this Skype call to landing in Nicaragua was three months so quitting my job was very very fastly done and just getting my head around it and getting out of my flat and packing everything and I well at that time being in your early 20s you don't have that many belongings anyways so it did go very quickly and then I landed in Nicaragua and I did volunteer there at this NGO it was an environmental NGO who does a lot of work or did they had to close down there were a lot of social issues in Nicaragua and that definitely was hard on finances but it was a brilliant NGO doing lots of work in schools especially teaching young kids about how to act with the environment what's good what's not good bringing this wisdom and this knowledge into the families and children definitely are a great way of communicating and of bringing values into the society that's definitely what I learned from uh, volunteering there but also a lot of other project and uh, projects and if that's cleanups if that's uh, projects for turtles if that's anything that has to do with ethical tourism like sharing knowledge with tourists about the environment that they are in in Nicaragua it was so eye-opening, it was so interesting and just seeing this spark in those eyes of my colleagues there, it definitely got me. <laughs> like there was no chance of not getting motivated and not getting sucked in into this environmental thinking and seeing countries like Nicaragua who definitely have a greater share of like what's coming out of climate change, of really having more stress in the dry season as well as in the wet season, as they are the two main seasons they have year-round, and seeing how it's impacting people, how it's impacting society, how it's impacting everyone living there, human and non-human, was really eye-opening. And that's definitely where I found my love for hammocks. <laughs> because in, you have them everywhere and in every corner and in every household, at least one or two or three or four. That's definitely where I got this um, love for. But also the love for people and the love for the planet and the environment and mother nature we live in. And knowing that I want to do something with it, that I want to do something for it that's definitely sparked there in Leon in Nicaragua. If you've ever been in Leon in Nicaragua, then let me know. <laughs> we, we can exchange uh, good times 
and memories. Um, so I've spent six months there and then I moved on to another project in Guatemala for two months volunteering there and afterwards I did spend another five months of traveling in Central and South America and I saw so many parts of the world. I did travel a little bit before as well like in Southeast Asia like this um, si simple things. Uh, but it definitely did open my eyes for even more regions, for even more of what this world has to offer and just learning so much more about people and planet. That was very intense and very um, eye-opening, as I said before. So the question is, what happened afterwards? So I came back, came back to Europe, to Central Europe, And I saw those, like it was very, it was in June, I think. And it was very rainy and it was very gray. And it was people going to work in the mornings with like the saddest look on their faces. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I, I'm, I know I came back from traveling. Everything is very different. But even just this capitalism, just everything surrounded by consume and buying things and being someone by having something instead of acting and having memories together and having activities together. I was just so different and I thought of immediately leaving again, which I actually didn't in the end. And I stuck around because I knew that I would never ever be able to come back to this system that I was thrown back into or that I put myself back into. But I knew I couldn't want to work for something or someone that does not have a purpose or like this regular permanent job that I was in before going to Central America. And I looked around and I started to research social businesses and NGOs who I could um, work for as a UX designer. And it was definitely not the time yet to have those kind of positions in NGOs or social businesses. So it didn't happen. <laughs> Long story short, it didn't happen. It didn't work out. I looked for a couple of months and then a friend, an old colleague of mine said, hey, I'm working for this agency. I know you don't want to work with us on a permanent basis, but would you be open to freelancing for this one project? We just need someone right now like you. So just do it. I was like, yeah, why not? There is no harm in doing that. And then a couple of weeks turned into three months, turned into six months. And I realized, oh man, <laughs> that's an awesome mixture that I can do with volunteering at the same time because I have much more free time while freelancing and having just so much more opportunities of creating my daily life around work as well as volunteering so I can work for projects that maybe don't have the greatest purpose in life. They are definitely not harmful. I would never work for certain companies or for certain topics, that's for sure. But 
that have at least somewhat of a positive impact on society and if that's around bikes or if that's around um, research, uh, research or anything that does not do harm <laughs> and it's just valuable in itself. Um, I definitely go for that as well so I could freelance and do volunteering at the same time for especially um, the two main NGOs that I work with currently are Viva Con Agua is one of being a NGO collecting donations for water and clean water and hygiene and sanitation to, for example, help other NGOs in rural areas um, building wells and building water supplies and all of that as well as one other NGO that I mostly work with being Zero Waste Cologne, which is a very city-based, the Cologne, the city that I'm living in here in Germany, a, an NGO caring for the whole city to be more zero waste, more sustainable in itself. And I realized, wow, I can definitely do both of those things. I definitely want to pursue still projects that have more meaningful purposes and more positive impacts on society and environment but I can definitely do both at the same time and then my next move was getting a little bit more of additional trainings in UI design because I realized if I want to go more into social businesses then with just uh, UX research and information architecture I might not get as far as I wish for. So I did a UI design for UX designers course at, what was it, Korea Foundry, I think? Yeah. So that helped me getting my first steps into UI design. So that was the reason why I now call myself UX UI designer and have both of those and definitely still train a lot to become a better UI designer as being a UX researcher by heart, but UI design just came in later. And I did that to be more open and more flexible for NGOs and social businesses. And just as a hint, <laughs> understanding it as a hint of really thinking about what could those companies need me doing. So I have to find those trainings, this knowledge, this wisdom that I can practice and have for them to actually support and help those NGOs and social businesses and purposeful companies. That was my move, at least, <laughs> that I found very helpful. Um, and I actually did get a, or I did a yoga teacher and also a sound meditation teacher training while being on this journey which definitely helped a lot with just getting out there as well and not just sitting in front of a laptop definitely a big plus <laughs> and then the two last questions which are probably the most important ones that i want to answer is how did a meetup get to be my turning point into sustainable web design and how this approach of sustainability work changed my design 
processes. And I did work for this agency that like the initial agency that I worked for at the very beginning of freelancing. And I still worked there. It was a couple of years later, two years later, that they already knew I'm very much into sustainability and zero waste and like all this volunteering things. And they asked me if I would do for a meetup a presentation on sustainable web design. And at that time, we only thought of um, the social part of sustainability and copocracy and all those social things or things that are towards companies and society and culture, corporate businesses and all of that and how to bring in more sustainability in there. And once I started researching, I found this beautiful topic of the ecological side of sustainable web design. And I thought, wow, <laughs> how did I not see that anywhere before? How is that even possible that it passed by like kilometers away or miles away, depending on where you're from, um, and I had no clue that even existed. And I deeply fell in love the second I found it. And definitely more than half of the session I hosted was about the ecological side of sustainable web design and about the footprint we are having and about what we can do and how we can change things. And I... And there were definitely responses in like, how could no one know this? <laughs> it was very interesting, but also so new to everyone. No one knew anything about it. That was, by the way, end of 2018, beginning of 2019. And in my sphere, in my bubble that I lived in, no one had a clue about any of that. So I thought, well... That's a shame. Uh, we definitely need to do something about it. And that is why I actually started Green the Web. I immediately started hosting several sessions and talks and went to bar camps, spreading the word <laughs> and offering workshops and just sharing everything that I gathered. And I wanted to have, or I wanted that everyone else has it easier to get into that because it was so frustrating finding the knowledge there was already knowledge out there and there was already people out there that i love that they have been out there way before me but it was hard to find it it was hard to collect it so i started green the web as this resource spot of like articles of things that i found on youtube or wherever um, just for everyone to get an easier entrance into it and the realization that not just who I'm working for is important, but also how I'm working as a designer was mind-blowing to me. To realize my own power as a designer of how I do the things. That was so incredible of how I do them in an ecological way, but also in a social way. That's my responsibility as a designer. That's very empowering in my 
feeling i know it can be very daunting as well it was like oh my god i have to care for so many other things now as well i'm just struggling with being a designer itself but you have this opportunity to help our nature around us as well as the society we live in to shape it as well to put a positive imprint on it and not contributing to the negative sides and that was amazing to me And there was no question that I definitely would follow this path and I wanted to share more about it and I wanted to bring more knowledge out. And yeah, since then I have been doing that and this podcast obviously is one part of doing it. And I've since then coming to the mindset that has changed or the work I do has changed is I question a lot more things than I um, of what I do as a designer and how I do them. So I question, for example, anything that's animated or has interaction in it, being it a slider <laughs> that we have to question anyways as UX designers, um, whether it's anything collapsible or if that's anything flying in, if that's content snippets or anything else, but also questioning imagery questioning videos not just randomly putting them on a website but really thinking about their purpose about what they're doing with the website itself how much is actually needed how to use them in what way how to there are just so many ways of of thinking sustainably and i did another episode um two episodes before that about what is sustainable UX UI design, sharing so many things about user experience design, about information architecture, about user interface design, about communications, as well as user research. You can do so many things as a designer to get more into the positive side of design. And I love it. <laughs> I think it's an awesome way to be innovative and to think outside of the box to not have every website look the same way with one big header image for example because that's what everyone did at some point with a slider that's what everyone did at a point no we can think differently we can think more creatively as well or it at least offers those opportunities to think more creatively That's what I actually love about it. I know that it can be, uh, oh my God, I can't do anything pretty anymore. But that's not true. We just have to think a little bit different around the corner. And then it can, uh, it can get more creative even in using the assets that we want to put on a website or an application or in an email or in whatever digital product you're using and doing. So I started with especially green web design, like the ecological part. That's why it's called green the web, <laughs> because that's what its core is, greening the web, the ecological part of sustainability. And after more designers joined, or after we became more designers, who care for sustainability and more designers that I see in social media and really sharing their knowledge and doing their stuff, the more I felt to be allowed to focus back on UX UI design, like not the development part, not about 
compressing CSS and JavaScript or anything that's super technical because I'm not a developer. I'm not an engineer. I love design. I love UX research. I love UX UI design. And that's what I'm a lot better in than anything of the technical stuff. So I found this relief and yes, we're becoming more designers who care for it. So we can all go back into our, uh, into our little niches and me going back into UX UI design and being able to really think about what is sustainable UX UI design. And I have said it a lot of times and I will keep saying it. We're at the very beginning of this design discipline of the sustainability in the design. So there's still so many things that are not uncovered yet that still have to be discovered. But really thinking about what could we do, how could we change our work is what I definitely thrive for. <laughs> so I'm constantly learning, I'm constantly reading, I'm constantly broadening my horizon, especially in a young discipline such as sustainable UX UI design. There could never ever be a final point of perfection. There is not. It's all evolving. There's never a perfection. There is never this final point of Yay, we now know everything that there is we need to know. We have to be open as designers to always get to know new things, new ways, new methods. And that's a beauty in it. I think it's a very beautiful thing. And it's more about the mindset. It's more about being open to receiving those new thoughts and information Not every day. I know it's hard to be open for stuff like that every day. I'm not either. But I give myself the space to learn and read and uh, yeah, getting into new things over and over again. And what's my biggest takeaway from the last almost four years of being in this part is we need to be more designers who care for it because we then can achieve so much more. We can achieve so many things from different angles and we need those different angles on not one single designer or one single design agency or one single company can change all. That's not true. That's not possible. But if we are more designers who care for it, more businesses who care for it, then we can truly achieve a lot more. And that is my biggest takeaway. And that's what definitely was the biggest moment in realizing, yeah, it was, I think, last year that I thought, yeah, we finally get to be a bubble before it was like, just, it wasn't a bubble yet because it was too small. But suddenly it became this bubble and it becomes more spread and talked about. And that's what this topic deserves. And I love to see that. So whatever your journey is, just know we are all in this together. And if each and every one of us does a little bit, we achieve a lot. We need all sides, all disciplines and all minds. Everyone can be one piece in the puzzle, no matter how fast or slow, how big or small. It really doesn't matter. 
It only matters that we all do it. Just step by step. Getting in there, not trying to go for perfection because there isn't. Just step by step. Going towards more sustainability in any kind of way and whatever way is more speaking to you than another way maybe the ecological side is not speaking to you and that's okay that's fine maybe diversity and accessibility and more the social side is more appealing to you perfect we need that thinking in certain sdgs like the sustainable development goals the un once spread maybe one of them is more appealing to you than the others awesome because we need it We need all angles, all disciplines, and all minds. And that's what I wanted to say with this episode today. Um, we are all in this together. And if you think the same way, and if you feel the same way, or you want to add any thoughts to it, let me know. Send me a message on LinkedIn, on Instagram, in one of those sustainable tech communities that you can find me via email or however you want to reach me what's your ideal way of doing so please do so i'd love to hear about it and yeah that's it for today subscribe to the podcast share this episode with friends and colleagues if you feel like it and give this podcast a rating follow me on instagram and green the web check out the free resources on my website that were there since the very beginning they got updates but <laughs> that's how this all started and just spread the joy and yeah that's all i wanted to say today thank you for listening and thank you for being part of this change really from the bottom of my heart thank you for being there as well and for making it feel like we are a bubble and we're going towards something bigger and greater. That's it for today. See you in the next one. Mm -hmm.